Hello. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be bringing you today's episode on the podcast with the incredible Natalie Mendelson. Natalie and I sat down to have a discussion about strength and the importance of both exercise and movement in general during and after pregnancy, yes, but also being strong for life as a mother rather than for weight loss or to look like you haven't had children. I hate that term bouncing back after pregnancy and I hate what society puts on us as women and the expectations around that for our bodies after we have just grown and birthed a human. This whole idea of bouncing back is something that Natalie and I delved into on the podcast today, as well as talking about some general exercise and movement tips. And also for any listeners that are like me that are approaching the big four zero, the importance of actually building muscle. This discussion is absolute gold and I cannot wait to share it with you. So let's welcome Natalie to the podcast. Hello, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I'm so excited to chat with you. To get us started, can you just introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? Yeah. Hi, my name is Natalie. I'm a mum of two. And before I had a business in fitness, I used to be a history and politics teacher in um, high school in in central London. So very different job to what I do now. And then I sort of started my Pilates business alongside, I don't know how I did it when I think about it now, but alongside my full-time teaching business, I was building my Pilates business. And then I went on to have my first son. And during my maternity leave, I built my business as a a pre and mostly postnatal, pre and postnatal Pilates teacher. And then that's kind of evolved now as I've got a bit older, I've got now another child as well. So I'm a mum of two. I'm kind of evolving now to the women's health sphere. So pre and postnatal, but also perimenopause and then into menopause. So I'm currently qualifying as a women's health coach. Wow. Okay. There's a lot of directions we can take this conversation then, isn't there? That's so exciting. Um, Can I ask when it came to Pilates, is that something that you always love to do? Is that kind of your your favorite type of exercise all along like how did that sort of happen so I I got into exercise at a very young age I think also because um when I was in my teen years I was I had I suffered with depression so exercise was a really good thing for me to be doing as a young person studying for my exams and things like that so I got into yoga actually and then um at that evolved into just going to the gym and then my mum said oh I've tried I've heard about Pilates let's go and do Pilates together um, and so we started going for every week and my teacher was such an inspiration to me, also a mum of two, and built a really successful business. And I, I was a teacher at this point, and I just thought, why am I doing this job that's taking, you know, I'm spending hours and hours working, stressed, this lady gets to teach lovely people all day um, and it's one of the best forms of exercise I've ever done and I just it, to me it was a no-brainer so what I basically did was and I'm this is very much my personality even though I was only in my 20s I knew that one day I was going to become a Pilates instructor and so I just started doing my qualification very young knowing that when I get married I'll have two children and then I'll leave my job and so that was kind of always my plan I just it just was it was accelerated uh, much more quickly than I thought it was going to be but Pilates really changed changed my life because I still love weight training and I carried on my gym training but Pilates gave just made me realize what true strength actually is um, and it's still the hardest workout I do compared to my other my weightlifting and things like that. It's so interesting. So I actually joined a reformer Pilates studio about a month ago. I'd done it a few times before but uh... 
I just had moved and, and there wasn't anywhere sort of close by and suddenly a studio opened up and so I cancelled my current gym membership and joined a Pilates studio and the amount of jokes my husband makes that it's not real exercise and yet I'm so sore for days afterwards. I think it's, it's definitely a hard workout. Yeah, I love it when I get to train men and they find it really hard. <laughs> They're the ones who moan the most. <laughs> so I'd love to jump in, Nat, and talk about how important it is to exercise throughout pregnancy and into the postpartum kind of space. A lot of our listeners are pregnant or um, have really young babies and children. Um, so can you share with our listeners kind of your opinion on how important that is and why, I guess? Yeah. So I think, first of all, um, <clears throat> movement during pregnancy is really advisable. So even if you're someone who maybe didn't do much exercise during a pre- pre-pregnancy, this is a really good time to start moving your body. But essentially, when you are pregnant, your body is about to go through some really important changes. And if you are not exercising, specific, so I always use the word specific because you don't just want to be running for the sake of it or lifting heavy weights for the sake of it. You want to look at your body or if you've got a trainer, they should be looking at your body and thinking, well, in you know a few weeks time, her hips are going to start to get a little bit bigger. The bump's going to start to grow. How do we support those changes with training? So it's not about exercising keeping to keep your weight down and um, although all those things are obviously part and parcel but it's really about strengthening the body parts that need to be strengthened for during the pregnancy to then hopefully ensure at least if you don't have the easiest delivery or the easiest birth you have a, a fairly straightforward recovery and I think the recovery thing is really important because we can't really we can't control the birth we can try as much as we can um, and, and hopefully you know like for my first baby I, I pushed him out no pain relief it was very very quick and my recovery was fantastic and I've had a c-section as well and my recovery was also although it was a different situation my recovery was amazing and so I would always say to women to kind of think beyond the pregnancy itself so you're preparing for the delivery and you're preparing for once you've had your baby as well as the pregnancy itself but obviously although it feels like it's forever it's nine months ish so to so yeah so in a nutshell you want to be preparing for the changes your body's going to have during pregnancy preparing for the delivery or the birth as best you can but actually it's all about the recovery after because that's when you've got your baby and the babies get bigger and bigger and bigger and you need to be training then accordingly and that's of course when you start your post natal journey and if there's any issues there like pelvic floor issues muscle gaps just general aches and pains you want to be training to sort of avoid them before they start Mm. I love everything that you shared there I think for the women that might be listening that are pregnant and don't know where to start it's it's hard to know what to do right you don't want to do the wrong thing you don't want to push yourself too much you don't want to like you said exercise just for exercise sake but how could somebody start or where should they start if they're pregnant and wanting to move their body a little bit more if there's an athlete listening someone who's really athletic and they're pregnant then I would say to that person you could probably carry on as normal you're probably knowing know what you're doing carry on as normal but now you're, you're gonna maybe take the weights down a little bit if you were doing pilates I would say the same thing to you and um, there's a couple of safety things like you don't want to be lying on your back past a certain point in your pregnancy they give I think they give a date like the, from 14 or 16 weeks but I just say to my clients if your bump is starting to show then I would probably stop you laying on your back for too long um, so there's like a just a general precaution so that's if you've already been exercising. I would carry on as you are, um, thinking about what I've said. You know, maybe you want to focus a bit more on your leg strength, posture work, because when you're pregnant, we tend to round, so posture work. But if there's a person listening who's never done any exercise, one piece of advice I would give you, if it's possible, maybe try and find a trainer 
obviously that's the best case, you know, find a trainer who knows what they're doing. And even if you just see them once every trimester, just for them to give you a little program to follow. Otherwise, I would make I would say keep it really simple and just be walking a lot. And if you're able to find something, I hate to say on YouTube, but something on YouTube that focuses on like your bottom, like your lower body, or something that focuses on core strength, make sure you just check that the person who's you're, who you're doing is actually a qualified instructor. It's really easy to find these things now. But if in doubt, walking is is a great form of exercise to do. And then it will be very easy, I'm sure, to find like a local uh, prenatal yoga class. There's, I always find there's more of those around than than anything else. Ladies, I have to tell you about something so juicy and so exciting that I have coming up. I have created a private podcast series all about how I grew my email list from zero to over 1,000 women in less than six months organically without wasting time or money. So if you're sick of showing up and feeling like no one can even hear you above the online noise, if you don't have time to create and share freebies to grow your audience slowly, if you want to be seen as the expert in your niche without waiting 10 years for that to happen, and you're tired of launching new offers and creating new sales pages all for no one to buy, this podcast series is for you. It's only five episodes long. We kick off next Monday, the 31st, and it is totally free. Head over to kyliekelly.com slash private to sign up today. And I can't wait to get this juicy content into your earbuds because it has the power to change everything for you. And I don't say that lightly. Come and join us. I hope to see you there. Head over to kyliekelly.com slash private. All right, let's jump back to the episode. I think that's great advice. I love what you mentioned earlier as well about almost having that exercise during your pregnancy so you have the stamina for the birth as well. I wasn't super active or super fit when I fell pregnant the first time. I was probably like a normal once a week to the gym type. I wasn't, yeah, super fit. And I, But even even just that level of fitness, I think helped me actually have the endurance to make it through that first birth. Like my first child, Spencer, he's four and a half now. Um, I think I was laboring with him for about 11 hours, 10, 10 or 11 hours. Like it was a long labor. He was induced and it was, we, we have an episode on the podcast dedicated to it because it's quite the um, event. It was, yeah, it was quite a lot. He, he was vacuumed out and a big boy, massive head. So my husband's head's massive, which now carries in the family. Both the boys have really big heads, which is fun to birth. But I think keeping some level of fitness or keeping some level of activity during my pregnancy definitely helped me from an endurance standpoint, even just to get through the the labor to not be, I was exhausted, but to not be completely depleted at the end of it or to then have to resort to having an epidural or something like that, which if you have to, that's fine. But I think you want it to be a choice, not not because you just can't do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember I was begging for an epidural and the head was already there because I had a bit of a nightmare where they told me to go home. And then in for- within 45 minutes, I was 10 centimetres. So had I have gone home, I'd have been delivering in the car. They just don't trust, they sometimes don't trust you when you're a first time mum. I don't know about obviously in Australia, but in the UK, um, they're quite harsh <laughs> when you go into the hospital and you're a first time mum. They expect you um, to just be wrong. You know, you don't know what you're feeling. You're, you're not, you're, you're incorrect. But I always think that I want, I always wondered like, oh, is it because I was really fit that my, my labour was so much faster? But then I actually did end up with an injury because, because 
I was still very early on in the stage of labor, so they thought I was on my back. So I pushed with stirrups and um, because I was lying on my back, the worst position and I've still, I mean, my my youngest is four and my eldest is six and my six-year-old, you know, I've still got the issue with my tailbone. Um, so I managed to build a very strong body around that, but these things can happen, you know. Mm, I love that. I love that thought about um, exercise for that reason. And then you mentioned as well the pelvic floor and, and I guess the postpartum side of things. Now that is very close to my heart because after the first time when I gave birth to Spencer, I had no idea what was going on down there. I didn't want to look. I didn't want to know. I didn't go to a physio. I didn't do anything. I had an episiotomy at the end. So there was like scar tissue and stitches and everything. Didn't didn't check. And then um, obviously when I, when I then fell pregnant with my second Samuel, I was so scared of that area. I was so scared <laughs> to push again almost because I didn't want to have that injury again. Whereas I think like you were saying about Pilates and how um, it focuses on muscle and strength. And I think pairing that with like a pelvic floor physio or somebody that can help in that arena would just be phenomenal and really help you um, recover just to maybe even to even better than you were before right or, or to like at least yeah a really good place after birth yeah I, I would say I can normally get a lot of my clients stronger than they were pre-pregnancy um, especially if it's, re- it's quite easy to do if they haven't ever done Pilates before and they start doing it and I, I run a program for postnatal women that, that the strength you can have at the end of that is beyond is going to probably be beyond what you had before um, and I think also what you said about being checked some of us have a baby and then we go to our doctor. So in the UK, you go to your GP at six weeks and you might say this, you know, doesn't feel quite right. And they'll, they'll nine times out of 10 fob you off with, you've just had a baby. What do you expect? Whereas actually what they then come and see me and you know, I'm not even medical. I'm not med- you know, medical professional, but I can say to them, that's this, that's that I can usually diagnose and I will, I, I'm, I often refer. So I don't assume I know everything and anything about that area. So if I feel like a woman needs to be seen, I will then I will refer her to a women's health physio. Um, but a lot of the time, the, the doctors aren't necessarily doing that. So it is that's one benefit of working with a coach or someone who knows what they're doing, um, because they you can you could they we've heard everything, you know. So you can tell tell hopefully your instructor, your coach, anything and everything, and they will be able to say to you, you need to go and see someone about this. And normally they'll have a network of people they can refer you to. Yeah, it's it's the same here with the I think it's six or eight weeks. They really didn't even look at me. They asked me questions about the baby and told me I can have sex now if I wanted to. And then that was kind of it. I was expecting them to even check, like especially because I had stitches. I thought they'd check and make sure and didn't even look. So it just blows my mind because I think that there's so much focus on the baby after birth, which of course is important. But hello, the mum needs attention as well. And we've just birthed this baby. I think I feel like there's a lot of work to be done in that space. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nat, I'd love to also just ask your thoughts a little bit of narrative around, uh, I must admit, I went on a bit of a deep dive on your Instagram before we got on this call and I, I saw a reel or something on Instagram about how we start to lose muscle as we get older. And I think this is a great discussion to have because even um, the women listening might be around my, I'm 37, I'm getting closer to 40 all the time. So I feel like it's a great discussion to have as we get older. Can you explain a little bit about muscle loss and how that happens as women? And then I guess the importance of, of building that muscle or strengthening that muscle as we get older? Yeah, so um, in my kind of, now I'm moving on to women's health, that's my my women's health coach hat. Yeah, it's really something that I find quite frustrating actually is that we're 
And we're not told, if you look on Instagram or you search online, if you Google strong woman or fit woman, you get like a picture of a sexy woman with a six pack and like big boobs. What you don't, what, what actually is, a, what is a strong woman? What, what is, what is strength is actually something completely different. Um, and a stronger body is a body that you know can is functional it, you can run if you want to run without leaking or hurting you can walk for hours if you want to walk for hours you can pick up your two kids one in each arm and wear a backpack um you can carry that car seat and and put the pram in the car and all the things you want to do maybe also lift heavy weights if that's what you want to do and true strength is what takes you into old age so something that i find frustrating is that in our 30s when we're all at the age where we've had babies or we're having babies and media is telling us you need to look this way you need to be skinny or you need to like bounce back to your pre-pregnancy body no one tells you that actually because you're you're now a mum your life has, has changed so much and you don't have any hands and you know you don't have enough hands um your body's going to take a pounding and then not only that is your postnatal period or postpartum period what happens when your kids are getting older do we just are we just left to kind of i don't know carry on as we were or is anyone going to start to t- talk to us about the fact that in your 40s maybe you've done have you're done having children or almost what happens to your bodies next and I feel like that's where there's a big gap because from the age of 30 back when most of us are planning on having children that's when we're losing lots of muscle so we're losing muscle we're then having children so all of these things are having a massive toll on our bodies so then we get to 40 and my aim is that everyone is in their 40s because our maybe you're done having children then and they're off at school and everything and that's when we're allowed to embrace our bodies feel sexy confident and really strong and I think feeling strong is a really big part of that it's very empowering for women when they realize that I can go and go into the gym or work out to be strong not for any particular aesthetic reason although there is a, that benefit of course and then also just as I'm waffling here um, when you get to 40 if you haven't lifted a weight or you haven't done any strength training like Pilates for example 10 years of muscle loss has happened essentially and then we get in towards 50s you know our grand I always talk about preparing for your grandma body I teach women who are in their 60s and 70s and they're amazing they are they, they do a lot of childcare, and they are in incredible shape I can do stuff with them that I can't do with a lot of my younger clients and um and that and I always say you're my goal like what they can do is the goal and they 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 never complain about aches so, you know I have like a 35 year old client um with like back problems so I have to train them in a certain way um, and I'm not saying it's all due to muscle loss but that's where I'm sometimes meeting women during they've had their children they've got their injuries or their issues and they've never done any strength training ever so we're starting from scratch and with muscle loss if you in your 40s the last thing you're going to want when you're finally at that stage in life is injuries breakages you know hurting your hip hip replacements shoulder surgery all of these things that can come with um, muscle loss. I think that that's so powerful. And and yeah, I can imagine how frustrating it is because it's not something that's spoken about, like, like, like everything we've kind of covered on this podcast so far. There's a big gap there. And I think, like you said, there's so much focus on the bounce back, the aesthetic, the losing weight. And so myself included for years, I would just do cardio to burn fat, right? Not thinking of the importance of actually weight training or building muscle because the goal is to look good, which is to lose the weight. So you're thinking of the cardio, whereas 
now, like as I'm getting older and obviously I've gotten back into Pilates and things, but it's even amazing in the last couple of weeks how much stronger I feel. The scales haven't changed, but just after like a month of Pilates, I can already feel the difference in the strength I have in my body and and then the confidence you have in your body and, and that sort of all goes hand in hand as well. And there'll be that those moments in the class where you'll think, oh my gosh, I can't do another rep. Like I, I'm done. And it's when you do, when you perform that other, that extra rep, that extra bit of discomfort, it just also has a really big impact on our mental health. It builds so, such resilience in our brains. So I haven't mentioned the mental aspect of it really, but when you start lifting weights and, or, you know, doing Pilates any, or even, you know, running, I suppose can do a similar thing. But when you're pushing yourself to pass that point of when you're actually, I'm now out of my comfort zone and I'm going to push through. And of course we've all done that. If you've given birth before, <laughs> we've all done that. And I think for mental health, we have, obviously probably don't have time to talk about that, but I talk about it, it goes hand in hand. So we're, st- we're building strength, we're building muscle, we're turning our bodies into like, you know, machines that hopefully can last, you know, well into our 80s, 90s. Um, but on top of that, we need the mental resilience to be able to cope with that. And I don't think being a parent gets any easier when you're in your 40s. I think actually the challenges probably, well, they're different challenges, aren't they? We don't know yet. So I think that, prepare you know having something that you know gives you that mental resilience and there's only so so many things in life we can control and for me this is one of those things that we really can and one doctor I listened to recently was saying how muscle it's skeletal muscle is the pinnacle of our health you know it affects insulin resistance it, it affects your metabolism it affects your mental health it affects the strength of your bones and I haven't talked about osteoporosis either but mo- I'm sure most people listening have at least heard of osteoporosis which is when your 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 bones essentially get brittle or they lose their to- their own tone so we need to build skeletal muscle is also going to strengthen your bones so it's all these things that no one wants to talk about. It's not very sexy, <laughs> but it's really important. Yeah, it's so important. And even from a mental health perspective, even taking the time to start starting to prioritize your own health by going to that class and having an hour away from the kids or, you know, if it's going for a walk or, or whatever it might be, I feel like even just that simple act of putting yourself first is huge for mums because we don't. We always put our kids first, put our families first, our households first. We have, you know, the to-do list in our heads constantly. We're always doing something for somebody else, whereas if we can switch that, which is hard, but if we can switch that a little bit and say, well, no, this is my hour where I'm going to go to Pilates and I'm going to work on my on my strength or I'm going to go for a walk and get some fresh air or whatever that act might be. I think even that can have such positive outcomes for us as mums, especially high achieving women as we all are. <laughs> yes, exactly. And something actually that I noticed changed a lot when I had when I had both of them, both my children was um, I used to go to the, you know, you go to the gym and you, you, turn, you go, you go to your locker and you go to the loo and you have your hour and then you leave leisurely chat to people on the way when you have children you're like right I've got 30 minutes you know no one talked to me headphones in rush 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 so something that I found um actually that I because I was a proper gym bunny for years was I now work out at home I train at home and I because then I can do I can sort of train more consistently without having to find an hour I find 30 minutes sometimes 15 minutes um and sometimes my kids are here so although I'm not getting a break from them they sort of know they're old enough to know that mummy's I mean they're they're with me in the room we don't we only have one main like living space in this in the house but they they're quite happy just to play and I can do my half an hour workout and when they're not here I'll just do my half an hour workout but I found that was quite transformative actually being able to take the pressure of having to leave the house I know for some women you need to leave the house and I completely get that and I was there when I had little little ones and um, but at this stage now I'm finding I can get more done because I am so busy and it means I don't have to then say to my husband like you go to the gym and then I'll go to the gym and then it's like three hours of the day gone 
I'll go he'll go to the gym and I'll do my workout at home and that's only because I I'm happy to work out at home and he does the kind of training that you need a gym for as a message I'd like to sort of almost tell other mums that you can still exercise and really you know exercise hard and still get amazing results but you don't need the pressure of having to I don't think I've done an hour workout for a very long time um, it's it's very short and short and sweet and hard. <laughs> you see, that's that's huge, isn't it? Because I think yeah, our, our lives are so busy, and so sometimes carving out an hour feels impossible. So the fact that you don't have to, I think, um, could make a big difference to a lot of women listening. I'd like to ask you a question about the muscle loss. So if we get let's use myself as an example, 37, seven years into my muscle loss period, I guess, has started. When you start to work on it, does it come back? Can you build it back up or is it just like gone, gone? <laughs> no, 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 no. You absolutely can. Um, so when when we're children, that's the age where you're almost, your body is sort of primed. So you know how our kids are like always active. It's really good to um, kind of get them doing as much activity as you can because at that age, it's a, it's a bit, I suppose it's a little bit like investing, right? So when you're a child, if we can get our kids as much as possible you know keep being active they're building this muscle that will kind of see them into later life so basically what I'm saying is obviously the earlier you start the better but if you haven't lifted a weight and you haven't thought about strength first of all some of us genetically might be stronger than others um so you'll notice that as soon as someone starts strength training as and when I say a later stage we're still young so it's not that late um you'll notice quite quickly did your have you suddenly just put on loads of muscle not it's likely that there's that genetics is playing a little bit of a role there but what I would say to someone who's just starting now is you absolutely can but what you'll have to look at as well is your protein intake because you can't just suddenly lift loads of weights and not eat accordingly um, which is where also having a coach would really help the nutrition would have to match the strength training that you're doing but you absolutely can build muscle um, and there's women who start at, you know at 60 and they can also build muscle. So it's just about um, starting, really, just getting started and knowing that the the best, it's an it's that investment. So, you know, like if we invested in stocks when we were like 20 years ago, we'd be millionaires or whatever they say now, Warren Buffett and people like that. It's a really similar thing. If So we've started a bit late. We're still going to make um, something on that investment. And, and it is, I, I think you do have to think of it as an investment because it should be taken seriously just like we want our money to grow we want our bodies to stay healthy um, and and longevity is a really important part of that we don't want to be old ladies before our time so I think yeah definitely if you start at 37 you can absolutely build your muscle and reverse you know any muscle loss that's happened but just don't leave it till like your 50s you know <laughs> no that's really encouraging I think yeah anyone that's listening that might be similar to to myself and that's done cardio for years um, that's a good message that it's not not too late um, I think that's great well thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of that goodness for our pregnant mamas, for our postpartum mamas, for the ones that have kids that are getting older like myself. Um, I feel like there were so many little nuggets of gold in everything that you just shared there, Nat. Where can we direct people to learn more about you? Where should they go? to find out more so at the moment so I'm just changing my website around now because it's kind of moving from the postnatal to the women's health coaching sphere um, so my online programs are changing slightly but on my Instagram is the best way so at Natalie underscore Mendelssohn which I might spell if that's okay it's M-E-N-D-L-E S for sugar O-H-N for Natalie so yes yeah, so I blame my husband my, my maiden name was Smith that would have been way easier <laughs> 
No, that's perfect. We'll have um, links in the show notes as well. But thank you so much for coming on. That was a really great discussion. Thank you so much for having me. It was so lovely to chat to you. Every single week, I do my best to bring you two episodes that are going to really add value to your CEO mum journey. I pour my heart and soul into this podcast. I record, I edit, I do everything myself. So there is a really simple way that you could return the favor. If you would leave me a review, head on over to Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and let me know how I'm doing. Leave me a few words that lets me know what content you love most, what you might like to hear in the future. I would appreciate that so very much. For the show notes and links from today, please head over to my website, kyliekelly.com slash podcast. I cannot wait to bring you more value and more juicy content to your earbuds soon. But for now, I hope you continue to have an incredible day and know that mama, you have got this shit. All right. Bye for now. 